Okay then, so here we are back uh, in Matthew 13, and this time we're looking at verses 31 to 35, and we're in parables again. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you uh, brought us close to Jesus, and that you sent Jesus to tell us what the kingdom is like, and that he used these stories to teach his disciples. Lord Jesus, we pray that we'd be receptive to your message today, that we would hear what it is you have to say to us and allow it to transform us, changing our hearts, changing the way we are. Holy Spirit, dwell with us and let us be changed through your power and by your compassion and in your mercy. Amen. So then, Jesus gives us two parables in these verses. One is about a mustard seed and the other one is about yeast, but we'll get to the yeast bit in a minute. What I really want to do is talk about surprises. Surprise number one. From the parable of the soils, we can see that not everyone who hears the good news message of the kingdom is going to accept it and be fruitful. Maybe that's a surprise. Maybe we think that really everybody who hears the good news ought to accept it and be changed by it. But not all do. And some of them, even though they do accept it and receive it and feel good about it, they're still not fruitful. Maybe that's a surprise. That's surprise number one. Surprise number two. Not everyone who receives the message of the kingdom and allows it to transform them necessarily looks the part. And it can be easy to pull them out and get rid of them and not realise that they are there drinking in the message of Jesus and longing to be changed by it. Surprise number three. Not everything about the success of the kingdom is measured by numbers. The kingdom is successful because Jesus is in it, not because everybody goes for it. Perhaps that's a surprise too. But on to the surprises that we see in these verses. From the parable of the mustard seed, here's the big surprise. Tiny, 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 tiny things are absolutely what I use for the kingdom to go where it needs to go, to be where it needs to be, to be fruitful like it needs to be fruitful. There is something about the mustard seed that's incredibly unlikely as an image for what the kingdom is like. Even at the time, the mustard seed was recognised as, okay, it does something big, but it starts out really small. It's dinky and insignificant and easily lost. Jesus says it's the smallest of all the seeds. Now, he's not saying that he's done a quick comparative guide to every seed that ever was and he knows that's the smallest one because we know that's not the case but he is saying that he that you can see that the mustard seed is small and it was like um like a saying as small as a mustard seed it was a way of understanding that something was little because mustard seeds were little so perhaps surprise in this set of verses is in realizing that the kingdom does amazing things from small starts Certainly, that's something Jesus might have wanted to reassure his disciples about. They were a small start. They were a small group within the Jewish nation, which was a small group within the Roman Empire. So this is small things. And Jesus is saying big things happen from small starts. Next surprise, the yeast. Actually, if you look carefully at the background here, at the context you'd know that it's not really about yeast, it's about leaven. And that's a bit different. What they did was they put aside 
part of last week's bread dough and they used it in this week's bread making. But leaven in the Old Testament is associated with evil. So it's a surprise for Jesus to use it as a demonstration, as a, an illustration. Here we are, Jesus throwing surprises at his audience all the way through Matthew 13. The kingdom is full of surprises. Not least that it doesn't start where people think it's going to start. It doesn't behave the way people think it ought to behave. It does things differently. When I was growing up in Norwich, the motto of the university there, the UEA, was do different. And that's a little bit like what the kingdom is. Don't expect it to behave the way that powers in the world do. It's not going to be like that. Now, you might remember me mentioning this before. When Moses took the people out of Egypt in the story of the Exodus, he took them out of an established way of doing things and did an entirely new thing because God called him to and because he called his people. It was a prophetic community. That is to say, God spoke into a situation and said, my way of doing things is not like that, it's like this. And so it was radically altered and an entire new community of God's people was born as a result. How very like that this is. The kingdom is a new community of people doing things Jesus' way that comes out of, extracts itself from the community that's already there. Maybe that too is a surprise. How many of the things that make our society what it is, we assume are just the way things are, much as the people in Egypt assume those are the, th the way things were always going to be. But God says, no, I'm going to do something different. And in these parables, Jesus is saying, I'm going to surprise you by what the kingdom is like. Leon Morris is a writer, he's a theologian, uh, and he's written a lot about Matthew. And he encourages us when he's writing about uh, these verses to remember that we shouldn't be sidetracked or distracted by size. God will bring about his kingdom and it will be great, much as the fully grown mustard plant is big and birds come from all around and take shelter in its branches. But its small start is OK. That is all right. And so we need to be encouraged by that. The small start of our experience is okay. The small start of us being the only person in our workplace or our school or college or one of even just a small number following Jesus, that's okay. We need to get past the idea that we need to seek safety in numbers. If there were just more of us, we would be all right. If there were just more of us, we would make a bigger impact. If there were just more of us, I think Jesus is telling his disciples and the crowd that that is not the way forward for his society, for this kingdom society, this Jesus society. It's not about numbers. It's about impact. And it's about an impact based on what God will do, about what Jesus has the authority to do and about what the people of Jesus will do and how they will live. But look what else is going on here. In all these parables, including these last two little short ones, Jesus is showing us something else. That his kingdom, his realm, the place where his will is done, is world-altering and life-altering and transforming. And that is both incredibly exciting news 
and also a big challenge to those of us particularly who already know him. Now, if you don't yet know Jesus, the way in which he wants to transform your life is incredible. It doesn't take all the troubles away any more than God is choosing to take away COVID-19 just now. And there are many of us who don't really understand why that is, but we trust the one who has promised to take care of us and to bring about justice, ultimately. The transformation he promises is to make us all that we could be, to make us our best selves, so that we could live our best life by knowing Jesus and following him. And if you do already know Jesus, then this is a massive ask. Because all the way through these parables, and particularly in these Jesus is saying this, I am willing to and able to transform you. But you need to be up for that. You need to be willing to be transformed. You need to be ready to have your life altered. And don't kid yourselves. This isn't something that maybe you already did some time ago and now it's all settled. No, that is not the Jesus way. The Jesus way is a steady, continuous, ongoing transforming of your character, of your priorities of your perspective throughout your life. It never stops and neither should we want it to. We should be looking for ways in which Jesus might make us all that we could be. Okay then just as I finish I want to say two quick things. Number one, remember that the dough that's being made doesn't change itself, it needs the leaven for that and it needs to be transformed otherwise it won't rise to be all it might be. So Ask yourself this question and then take it to God. How do I need to be transformed? What is it about me that needs to change? How do I need to be different? What about me needs to alter? And how can I make space for the Holy Spirit to be involved in that? And the second thing is this. Jesus spoke in parables for a particular purpose, which was to make an invitation they weren't easy to grasp things. So it was an invitation to think, an invitation to ponder, and an invitation to pray, to go to God and say, what are you trying to say to me through this? So let's take up that invitation. Let's find out by asking God what he wants to tell us as Jesus speaks. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, speak to me in my heart transform me and change me make me all that you know i can be help me fulfill my potential for your kingdom amen <laughs>